Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the Huddle Podcast makes its triumphant return. We're going to talk NBA playoffs and, of course, NFL Draft. We're going to wrap it up with everybody's favorite segment, Questions. I'm Matt, here with Chris and Richard. Gentlemen, it's nice to talk to you again. It's kind of nice to talk to you. It's been, it's been a while. It's been Has it been a month since we've done a podcast? Uh, I think it's been close to a month, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be damn close. Let's get started. I'm going to start with my absolute favorite matchup of the first round so far. War, uh, God, not Warriors. I almost said Warriors. God, uh, <laughs> I'm going to puke in my mouth. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, Oklahoma City Thunder. The Russell Westbrook, Dame Lillard matchup has been incredible. I don't know how much of it you guys have gotten to actually watch, but I've watched pretty much every game of the series so far, at least most of it. And uh, the Trailblazers are a force to be reckoned with this year in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the Blazers look great. Um, I think this is really exposing Russell Westbrook uh, and the lack of his uh, of his leadership ability, of his ability to actually win games. And it's also proven my point that Dame Lillard is better than Kyrie Irving, <clears throat> if I say so myself. So I'm not going to lie to you. I deep-dived that after you talked about it. And they're so dead even that I can't even – you're not you're not correct that he's better than Kyrie, but you're not wrong if you understand what I'm saying. Like they are essentially the same player. The only difference is that Dame has never been in a position to do what Kyrie did in the finals against the Warriors that one year, and that's just because he's never played alongside LeBron James. So it's it's really I, I would say that the two of them are as equal as it gets. Um, but I have been underrating Dame for years, and this playoffs in particular has brought me around on him. And I think that he is deserving of, if not first team all NBA, certainly second team um, this season And the war. I, honestly, if I am the warriors, I'm praying that the guy, the team I don't face in the third round <coughs> is freaking Portland. Because war- warriors can be everybody. It doesn't matter who they face. Dude. Have you watched the warriors? Have yes, you wa- actually I have. I mean, is there a, so hold on before we go there, there's really not anything else to say about the Thunder other than Paul George is clearly not right. Oh, and no. he's injured. And Russell Westbrook has completely lost the ability to hit jump shots. Not that he ever really had it anyway, uh, but it's gotten so bad. It's so bad. I've never seen anything quite like it. I think OKC's coming back. What? I do. Oh. I think poor, especially – Tonight's game, we're going to see a shift. I think Portland's going to sniff themselves a little too much. OKC is going to make a run for it. I don't know, man. Were That's you, what listen, I did you read any of CJ's comments the other night about last year and their experience getting bounced out of the playoffs like that, getting swept by the Pelicans, people talking to him all season, all offseason about him being traded, the impact on the locker room, and <coughs> excuse me, and how they – he went to see his brother because they got bounced early and he told him, he was like, Hey man, I'm not coming to see you this year. I didn't even listen to anything you said because it is what it is. Okay. So he's coming back and you just have to eat it. So enjoy that sandwich of hate. There's, there's a 0% chance that OKC. listen, the only reason that the Oklahoma City actually, were... actually wrong. There's a 33.3% chance. So Get the fuck out of the Vegas odds. You can take that, that out, take out that here. to the house, get that shit out of here. Man, this is basketball, all right? It's not, get this Vegas yeah. odds out of here. 
Hey, plus four spread, plus one forty five money line. All right, hey, over under is two twenty one point five. How you feeling about your uh, your Sixers? I feel fine with the Sixers. Really? Really, I'm not worried about them at all. Six, I Sixers. Sixers. Nets. I, I think if I think yeah, I think if anyone should be worried about the Sixers, it's Boston. No, not a chance. Yep. Please get out of here. You're okay. freaking delusional. All right, all right hey. real quick before we just try, we just went into like four different series in one conversation. <laughs> Well, this is a it's a it's a uh, recap, right, of uh, NBA playoffs. Yeah, si- series by series, matchup by matchup. We started with Thunder Blazers. I didn't see that. Okay, in we the can notes. move on. Nobody move on ever. From Thunder Blazers. You never read the notes, Richard. Why do I even send notes? Why do I send show notes? I don't know. Send me an For audio. <laughs> exactly. All right, fine. He's the fine the reader. I want to, but before we go Sixers <laughs> Nets, I want to get to the Golden State Warriors. Okay, because the. Clippers obviously have no business beating them in a series. It's clear that the Warriors are the better team. However, the Clippers are well coached. They have really good perimeter defenders, which helps. And they rebound well, which is something that Golden State does not do well. The Warriors are going to beat them. It's obvious. But what this series has shown us about Golden State is they're not quite so superhuman anymore. Only because, and Chris, before we even go there, before you even get a hard on about this, I'm just going to tell you <laughs> that Kevin Durant looks like the best player in the NBA right now. That's because right. he is. Giannis still probably is better than him. I might give you one A, one B, but mm-hmm. he's right there. All right. I'm not going to fight John at this time. And if you have the best you've player, accepted if it. you have the best player, you probably are going to win. That's how it usually works. Mm-hmm. except that this Warriors team is the most thin of any of the contenders by a mile, by a mile. And that wouldn't be a problem because it's the playoffs and your rotations shorten in the playoffs. Everybody knows that, except that the Clippers are taking them way farther into this series and playing them way harder than they than the Warriors could ever have expected. And it's going to be a dogfight until the end, even if it only goes five games. And then they're going to face the Rockets. And the Rockets are going to take them probably to seven, at the very least six. And no, Take who to seven? The Warriors. The Warriors. Uh, okay. Because the Rockets are going to win this series. I don't even – there's – why it's not even worth talking about, honestly. Um, because it's not been a series. It's kind of a joke. Because, you know. But – so you're going to get Warriors-Rockets in the second round. And that series is going to be grueling. Maybe the most grueling of any playoff series that we're going to see. So then they're going to turn around and play potentially this Portland team that, I mean, Dame and CJ are unstoppable right now. Those guys, those dudes are scoring like 65 a game combined. Well, I mean, we'll see how they play in the second round. Before I start, like, before you start getting, you know, ahead of yourself. Let's see if Portland can keep it up in the next round. But if you don't get Portland, you're getting either Denver or San Antonio, and that's not any better. Oh, please. The Warriors would smoke Denver. Den- Denver is, I think, who the Warriors would want. Yeah, you're probably right. You're better off not getting San Antonio. Right. I'll even – I can agree on that At one. At the very least, Popovich is going to be able to scheme against them. And, um, and and run them ragged. My point is that by the time the Warriors get to the finals, yeah, going, uh, they, 
they are going to be so dog tired. Oh my god, here we go. I don't even think the Warriors are getting to the finals. Oh, here we go. You know wait, what? Wait, Rich, Scrap the whole structure of this. You tell me who's going to the Western Conference Finals, Richard. Wait, wait, no, but before he does that, Richard, is are are the Sixers making it in the East? Obviously. Okay, then you're already your your argument's flawed. Go ahead. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, no, those two things are not related. They are related. He could be a moron about the Sixers and still be right on. about the West. Tell me about the West. Actually, first. I, I I have a stat real quick. Oh, here we go. So, explain to me. Because you, you Lavalley, you say Golden State shoe in to get into uh, the finals, right? Shoe in to win, but yeah, okay, okay. yeah, shoe in to get in. So the past three games, yeah, Philadelphia is averaging 129 points. Golden State's averaging 122. What's your point? So the my point is the team that's scoring better, playing better, or is not going to go further than Golden State. Bro, who's Philadelphia Richard. playing and who's Golden Thank State you. playing? The the Clippers are ten times the team that the Brooklyn Nets are. That's like okay. That's so, like then, so then, the... so then, hold on, hold on, hold on. So then, I'll piggyback onto what you were just saying, Matt. How you were saying Golden State by the time they get there, they're going to be so gassed. Yeah, but Philly's so you... not going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, in, actually, they won't even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. No, they're not so... making it out of the second round, dude. I'm sorry to shit in okay. your Cheerios. I just, I just, I just think it's funny that if a team's scoring more points, but it's not just team... about who scores the most points, though. Who's the best player to... on the Philadelphia 76ers? Embiid. Who's the second best player? Simmons. Nope. Wrong. Wrong. That's the only two players I know. So that's <laughs> that's the only way I was able to answer that so quick. Nah, this, Again, the second best, the second best look, player is Jimmy I'm, Butler. And anybody who thinks I'm, otherwise is an idiot. But I'm going on I'm going off of But what I we're guess. all what we're all in agreement about and I'm going is, off of points. No. And I, I, I don't see any reason why they can't they can't go further. Let me because if this was a, if this was any other sport It'd be a different situation. Now, nah, let me tell you, Yankees. If Yankees average your points are eight, eight, if the Yankees average eight ga- eight runs a game, you're thinking, all right, Yankees are going to crush this. That's Not with their totally different. Staff. That's totally different. There's uh, not at all the same thing. Well, then you know what? Not at all. Not we'll even see. close. That's a horrible comparison. We'll let me explain it to you. Explain. Joel Embiid is the best player on the Philadelphia 76ers by a mile. Not even close. And I love Jimmy Butler. Okay. And Ben Simmons has a ton of talent, and someday, if he has his own team, if he gets traded somewhere where he is the sole star, I think he's got a chance to be a top 10 player in the league. Right now, though, he's not. Right now, though, he doesn't fit on that team because it's Joel Embiid's team. The problem is that Joel Embiid played so many minutes in the first 26 games of the season that he's missing playoff games with knee tendonitis because of overwork. The guy who missed his first two full seasons of the NBA because of lower body problems. You're not getting out of the second round of the playoffs because Joel Embiid is not healthy and because the second and third best players on this team do not complement Joel Embiid. They took a bunch of dudes who don't make any sense together and put them around a transcendent superstar who's not healthy. They don't have a point guard. They don't have a bench They don't have a head coach that's going to win in the playoffs because Brett Brown, for all the shit he's taken that he doesn't deserve because of the way he's led them through the process, he's been great. But he's not a championship coach. He's not a guy that's going to outduel 
Brad Stevens, or even a guy like Nick Nurse coaching the Raptors. Nick Nurse is absolutely brilliant. Some of the sets that the Raptors have been running this, this playoffs, specifically for Pascal Siakam, have been awesome. Like, play design on another level. Brett Brown doesn't do that. Brett Brown squanders leads late in the game. He does not know how to use his players in a rotation that makes sense, partially because those players don't work together anyway. But without a healthy Embiid, you don't even have the match to light the fire to get into the third round of the playoffs. I'm sorry to to destroy your soul as a Philadelphia sports fan. You're so mean. (laughs) Besides the fact that who are they going to face in the next round? Probably Toronto. No. Try again. What are you talking about? 76ers? Yeah. Wouldn't they go against either Toronto or Orlando? I thought Philly plays Boston next round. No. No, Boston's Milwaukee playing Milwaukee. Boston next round. The winner of that round goes to – Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they are going to play Toronto. And That's fine. Philly's going to lose to Toronto then. Yeah, man, dude. I mean, they got – even if Embiid's healthy, they got freaking Marc Gasol and Siakam and Serge Ibaka to throw at him all day, not to mention Kawhi to absolutely destroy Ben Simmons. So what, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris are going to pull up jumper you to freaking the third round of the playoffs? Like, yep. it's just not going to happen. <laughs> We'll see. It's not, not going to happen. I. It's not going. I'm sorry. Uh, they're lucky they beat Brooklyn. That's all I have to say. They're lucky they didn't get embarrassed by the Brooklyn Nets, who are one star away from being a really good team. <coughs> so let's talk about the Raptors, who are going to destroy the Philadelphia 76ers in the next round of the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not on the Raptors bandwagon at all, actually. I think that they're fraudulent. I think that they are going to beat the Sixers and go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think they're going to lose because that's what Kyle Lowry does. Well, it's also just what that team does. It's not even the same team anymore, though. Like It doesn't matter. I swear, man, that team's cursed. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I, don't get me wrong. I, I Had they traded Lowry for Mike Conley this year, had they been able to get Conley and Marcus Gasol, I would be singing a whole different tune right now. But if Kyle Lowry is the guy who orchestrates your offense 70% of the possessions, you're not winning. Well, besides the fact that they almost lost game three as well. I mean, they, they, they've been so hot and cold. Can someone explain to me how series. the Orlando Magic are not only a playoff team, but beat the Raptors in a game? I like watching the Magic. I enjoyed it. You I've actually like enjoyed. it? I've actually enjoyed watching the series. I think it's been actually – it's been an enjoyable series. You like watching oh. Aaron Gordon step back 20-footers? Yeah, why not? It's horrible. That guy belongs in the paint. He should be Charles freaking Barkley, not shooting baseline Jays with a guy I, in his face. I don't know. I found, I've found the series to be enjoyable. Um, I also enjoy – I really do like watching Kawhi Leonard play basketball. Yeah, I do too. It's nice to see him back and healthy, and I and I hope he's healthy throughout the playoffs, and we can see see him really turn it on and show us, you know, that guy that was a top three player in the league for for that stretch run there. Um, but I I really can't stand watching Orlando. It's maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire play. Like I can't remember the last time I saw a playoff team that was that bad. That was that. Bad. I mean, like they're rolling. Out. Vucevic is their best player. I don't know, man. Watching Detroit's been pretty ugly. 
only because poor Blake Griffin is literally playing with a broken leg. I know. I know. Look at I'm that guy, saying, dude. Like, he can't like, even I'm walk so, off the court. I'm so happy that series is over. Yeah, that too. was ugly to watch. It was pretty brutal. It was pretty brutal. And Andre Drummond is he the wor- is he the most overpaid, under talented player in the NBA? Yes. Like I think if I'm if I'm the Washington Wizards, I think I'd rather have Jan to hit me at 16 million a year than Andre Drummond at 22. Like everybody, everybody makes fun of Ernie Grunfeld signing Jan to hit me to that that freaking 64 million dollar contract. I think which I'd was a really that. awful contract. Oh, it was but... abysmal. It was the summer that the cap jumped, and a bunch of dumbass GMs were like, "Let's just give money to everybody." Evan Turner, you get a seventy million dollar deal. Yeah, I'm hitting me sixty four for you. But I just I can't quantify how bad Andre Drummond is for this NBA. If Andre Drummond played in the nineties, dude, he'd be incredible. But this isn't the nineties, and the Magic are trash and don't belong in the playoffs. That's what happens when you play in the East. And the Raptors are not going to make it to the finals. So let's move on. What do we have left in the East? Uh, We didn't talk Boston. We also didn't talk Milwaukee, right? We just talked about how terrible Detroit was. Milwaukee looks fantastic. Miritich is back. Lopez is back. Uh, Brogdon's coming back for the next round. So we're going to get to see the full Milwaukee team against the full Boston team minus Marcus Smart, which may be – is better for them? Do we what do we think? What do you think about Boston without Marcus Smart now that Gordon Hayward is playing well? I think it's I, I think if if Hayward keeps playing the way that he's playing, I don't think anyone's gonna touch Boston the rest of these playoffs up until they face the Warriors in the finals. Oh, thank you so much. Do you know how hard I you know how hard it is for me as a Bulls fan to fight this hard for the Boston Celtics? Like everybody is still not buying in, and I have been on the Boston is going to the finals bandwagon since the fucking preseason. And I don't understand why people don't get it. Like, are you not watching them play basketball? I I mean, it, especially I, what game was it? Was it the last game I was watching Hayward go off? I can't remember. Yeah. Game four in Indiana. He lit it up. Okay. Yep, he was drilling was threes, cutting to the hoop, dunking the ball, hitting guys. It was incredible. Him and Tatum and Jalen Brown have found a way to really play off of each other in a way that is scary if you're another Eastern Conference contender. Like what those three guys have been able to do, their switchability on defense, Horford is Horford, and in the last four minutes of the game, Kyrie's just going to take over, man, because he just does that. You can say whatever you want about the guy, and maybe he ruined the locker room, and maybe he's a bad defender, and maybe he doesn't always try hard. Maybe he takes bad shots, and maybe he's too flashy. Maybe he thinks the earth is flat. Whatever. But in the last four minutes of an NBA playoff game, there are few and few, very few guys that I want ahead of Kyrie Irving. I think the Celtics team is going to beat Milwaukee. I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think two things here. One, the Celtics are going to be better off without Marcus Smart, and he's going to get traded in the offseason. Because even though you lose his energy – and his defense, A, he guarded Chris Middleton last year in the playoffs, and Chris Middleton scored like 28 a game on him. B, you're not going to get all those bad missed three-pointers from him. If you're only getting those from Marcus Morris instead of both Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart, and you're getting good offense from Hayward, Tatum, and Brown, Terry Rozier playing the appropriate number of minutes at the position he should be playing, which is two guard, then you're going to have a much more fluid offense, much better ball distribution, 
I think the Celtics are going to the finals. And I think they have a shot. I'll say I think I'm, I'm I think I'm more I don't know if I'm impressed or proud of you, Matt, because you've really turned around as a person now because you've you've kind of honed in to your New England roots almost. You know, you switched from Tampa oh, Bay Jesus. to New York Giants and from <laughs> Chicago to now Boston. So I'm I'm proud of you. Go you know? fuck yourself. You're, you're, the Bulls you're, are three years accepting... away from a title. <laughs> I think they're five, but it's well, okay. that might be true. With the idiots we have running the place, who knows? But, look, man, the Bulls never had a shot. They haven't in a couple of years. There's no reason for me to dilute, to loot my – it's not like D-Rose is rolling out there. As soon as D-Rose comes back to Chicago, all you're going to hear me say is Bulls are going to go to the championship, okay? I don't know. I think, I think now that you're just getting closer and closer to 30, you're becoming an adult and just realizing that, you know, some dreams are just better to let go. No, he's coming home. Don't worry. But, <laughs> but I think the Celtics come out. I mean, LaValle, do you have anybody else winning the East? Do you have Milwaukee taking down Boston in the next round? Or do you feel like – I mean, you agree with me on Toronto, right? I completely agree with you on Toronto. No, I do. I actually think – I mean, I, I picked Boston – I don't even remember how long ago it was that I picked Boston to come out of the East. When we did um, our NBA preview this year, we both picked the Celtics. Okay, then yeah, that's when it was. So yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, move off that pick. Yeah, uh, especially with how well Boston looks right now. I mean, Boston really like Boston, and and as as much as I've been saying that Golden State's going to run away with it, and and I still think that you know the Warriors are going to win the finals in, in probably five games. If Boston keeps playing the way that they that they're playing, I could see a Celtics Warriors series going seven. I so. absolutely agree; it could go seven. And now, who haven't we talked about? Pretty much everybody. We don't really need to talk about San Antonio, Denver. Denver shouldn't be a two seed, and San Antonio, just like I've been saying all year, is far better than anybody has given them credit for. Shocker. Um, like anybody surprised by San Antonio needs to do a better job paying attention to basketball. Yeah, they're the New England Patriots of of, of the NBA. So. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, given what I said about the Warriors and their road to the finals, which mm-hmm. is easily their most challenging that they've had yet, and mm-hmm. I mean we're talking about most adversity. They're clearly kind of tired of each other. The whole Durant dynamic, losing Boogie, having. Li- no depth at all. I mean, this team's got nobody. Thank God Andrew Bogut is back for the Warriors. Seriously. Like, nostalgia all over the place. But he really matters for them right now. They better pray he stays healthy. I agree. I agree. Here's, like, the other uh, – what was it? It was, the, it was game, game four. Uh, that was on Sunday, right? I think so. Yeah, it was game four. I love watching Clay Thompson, and I've said it before, um, but I'll say it again. When he's on, it is just beautiful to watch. Yeah. And and I think that that's the, – the thing about the Warriors and the reason why I think that they're just going – it doesn't matter how good people – and people want to – People want to start talking about Houston, like like Houston is is the team to beat. It, until James Harden actually starts making shots in the fourth quarter in the playoff game, then then come talk to me. 
Um, yeah, we'll see what happens this year. I don't know. I I'd like to see. I'd like to see him give him a true run. As much but, as I believe that Harden has ruined basketball in so many ways, if he's if everybody's gonna anoint him the greatest offensive player ever, maybe aside from Jordan, at least take down fucking Goliath. Right. But anyway, the, the point that I was going to make was that with the, the way the way the war the beauty of of the Warriors being the Warriors is that you can expect at least one, possibly two games in every series. Clay Thompson is going to go off, and in not those same games, Steph Curry is going to have one to two games where he goes off, and then you have Kevin Durant sitting in the corner who could go off at any point in any time. Yeah, which is why I just don't. I mean, and you can, and, and obviously everyone talks about, well, that's because, you know, the Warriors are stacked and it's not fair and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just one of those things where, for me, I'm completely confident that the war that this is going to, but this is it. The Warriors are going to win the championship and then this, and then they're done. They're done. I mean, Durant's going to go wherever the hell Durant's going to go. I think they'll keep. Curry and Thompson. I don't know about Draymond Green, even though unfortunately I think they are going to keep him as well. And yeah, and Draymond's Warriors... not going anywhere. He's leading the team in assists in the playoffs. Like he's right. too valuable to them, even if he's not. The thing is, he's a chameleon. He just becomes whatever they need him to be, and he's still maybe the one of the best three defensive players in the league. That's true. And I think and the Warriors will compete next year, but they won't be um, they won't be the same juggernaut that they've been the last five five to six years. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's that's really it. That's all I have with the Warriors. Like, but I do. I I, I really think that the war and I and I agree that the Warriors Rocket series is going to be a hard fought matchup. I think I don't think it's going to go seven. I think it'll go six. Um, it'll have I think it'll have a similar. And I understand that I'm saying it's going to go six and not seven, but I think it'll be as contentious as the Golden State OKC series was a few years back. Back when Durant, oh, before, Durant's before last season, Kevin Durant, Benedict Arnold, and yeah, Benedict Arnold, with the way Russell Westbrook's been playing, I would do the same damn thing. No, nah, he worse than Benedict Arnold. Oh, please give me a break. <laughs> I have more. I have. I have more respect for Benedict Arnold than I do for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant did nothing wrong. Mm, we're not going to do that right now. I actually, at this point based on how the playoffs have gone so far, would lean towards a Boston victory in the finals over the Warriors. Which and I think if that happens and I that think that that's the reason that's the reason that Kevin Durant leaves. Oh I don't. I, I think he's gonna leave regardless. I think I think his mind's already been made up. No way they win a third straight title and he walks. I, no I, way. I'm I, okay, I'll put any money you want on that. Or any bet you want that if when they win their third straight title, Durant walks. Because he, right. he and Kyrie are going to go to New York. I'll, I'll add that to the wager ledger. Or, or he goes to the Clippers, which would be even better. I don't care about the destination. If they win a title, Durant stays in Golden State. Okay. Okay. I'll put a six. We'll put a six pack on it. Sounds good. All right. Fantastic. Richard, write that down. You got to be the bookie. Yeah, I wrote it all down. Perfect. We going to NFL now? He already forgot. Yeah, it did. So now we've completed our NBA playoff preview ish after the first round-ish kind of thing. On to the most exciting part of April, the NFL draft. Thursday night, I honestly cannot wait. I'm going to be at work 
It's going to be me and Russo. We're going to have a great time watching the Giants take a tackle yep. at six. Um, and then again at 17. And then again at 17. <laughs> Look, take all the offensive linemen in the draft. Every pick. Basically. Every, every goddamn pick. No, but Let's you're go. right You're right about this being – I mean, I, I'm almost as excited as I was last year for this draft, as weird as that sounds. But I think it's more just because I just want I'm this Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen mess to be done. All right. Well, let's get started then. How many quarterbacks go in the first round? I have four. I have six. Six? Six. Well, so LaValle, Murray, Haskins, Locke. Are you looking for my last one? Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones. Richard, who are the two that you have that are not on the Valley's list that are going in the first round? I have uh, Finley from North Carolina State. I think he's going to go to Redskins. And I also have uh, Will Greer from West Virginia. I want him to go to Jacksonville. I think he's going to go to San Diego, though, or Los Angeles. He's going to the Chargers, whoever they are now. Yeah, I think that would be a good spot for him to learn behind Rivers. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of Rivers. Uh, like, if you want someone that, like, you know, and as far as an easy transition quarterback to quarterback, I think that would be, you know, a big move right there. Again, I want, I would, I want him uh, in Jacksonville. Why do you want him in Jacksonville? I want him in Jacksonville for two reasons. I want him because I want him behind Nick Foles because I, I like Will Greer. He's probably my favorite quarterback out of this draft. Um. So naturally, I want him to sit behind Nick Foles. Um, we can take Foles' <laughs> job in Jacksonville after What's the first that? year, after the first three games. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you're funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that that would, uh, I think that that would be a real good jump start for that um, that little division over there too. You know, with because uh, they have with the Titans, they still have Mariota. There's rumors about them going up for a quarterback. I'm not buying that though. Oh, they're not gonna do that. They just signed Tannehill. They're not they're not doing that. Right. Um who are the other they have the Texans. So you got um Matt's favorite player or was his favorite player until you change quarterbacks like every year. You realize that, Matt? What are you talking about? I love Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but you also love Patrick Mahomes. I don't know who you're gonna love yeah. this year, but how can you know? It's like every every so I love talent. No, man. this year's gonna be Baker, isn't it? It's like, you I like got... sophomores, you like them young. <laughs> hey, at least I'm not riding hard for freshmen like you idiots. That's true. Um But uh actually that's well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Was Pat Mahomes a freshman or a sophomore? Let's be real. Freshman. He was a sophomore. I consider that to be a freshman. He only he only started what? Yeah, like he started games? one game. One the game year before. One. Yeah, yeah. No, that's still a freshman. Yeah, if you say so. All right. So i I tend to think that the NFL GMs are idiots in that they reach for quarterbacks when they should not. So I actually spoken like am, a true Giants fan right now. When have when did the Giants reach for a quarterback? No, that's that's their. That's their whole mantra right now is that don't reach for a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you tell me when reaching for a quarterback is work for anybody. I wasn't saying it as a knock. I was just letting, I was just, yeah. All right. <laughs> I got you. Okay. I'm just saying deep breath to, to, to the general public. 
when has reaching for a quarterback worked for anyone? And I, Rosillo made this point recently, and that's kind of what I'm getting this from is like you look through the history of quarterbacks taken in the draft ahead of where they should be, basically, and uh, it doesn't go very well ever, pretty much. So I can't justify saying that only four are going to go because some idiot GM is definitely going to take a quarterback way too soon that shouldn't be taken there, which leads me to believe that all six of those guys are going to go in the first round, which is just a shame. It's just, it's a shame because it just shouldn't happen. Like there's so many better, there's so many good position players on the defensive side of the ball in this draft that should go ahead of so many of these guys. Like the idea that Haskins could get drafted before Ed Oliver is just absolutely ridiculous to me. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. But or like I I do I well I'm saying I don't disagree about the Ed Oliver thing, but I do think I, I think that, that you'd be surprised by how reserved I believe teams are gonna be as far as the quarterbacks go. Because the this you think so? This class sucks. I mean it really sucks. And especially in comparison the class always to last sucks year. until the night before the draft. Well, I said, but except for last year, like last year, everybody was hyped for the QB class. And next year, people are going to be hyped for the QB class. But this year, I mean, it's it's nothing to really be writing home about. I don't know, man. Do we think like I really feel like Oakland could take Haskins at four? All right. So I have I actually have the the Giants taking Haskins. I actually have Oakland. Well, uh, you know, Las Vegas. I have the Raiders taking Haskins also. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he gets to six, man. I mean, look, Richard. I'm sorry. Kyler Murray's going one overall, one way or another. No. Um. No matter what. I don't understand why. Why you're literally dying on this hill at this point. So right, this, it doesn't make any sense. Even if they trade the pick, he's going one. See, this is this is what I believe, though. I believe. I'm I'm coming a little bit more so around, the idea of Murray going to the Cardinals. I don't believe it's a number one. Then what? Ooh. How? What? How then? He's going to be the first pick in the draft. I, Who do you think gets drafted? I, I, I believe if the Cardinals are smart, they trade away the number one. They trade back, and Murray will still be there for them. No, I don't believe. I don't believe. take him. I don't believe any other. I don't believe any other team will pick oh up. Where Kyle are you getting Murray. your information? Stop watching I'm, GMFB. I'm, I'm, I'm actually like getting it from your boy Will Kane. Will Kane has not said that because I've listened to him every single day. Okay. Will Kane has flat out said that the rate that John Gruden has already come out and stated that he wants Kyler Murray. Murray will not get past the fourth. Actually, Will Kane said that if you believe that Kyler Murray is the number one draft pick and that you should take him number one overall, then you do. Why not take him later? No, that's not what he said. Okay. That I'll pull it up for you. Sense. Richard, that doesn't even make sense. I'll he pull it flat up for you. out said that it makes the most sense for he the Cardinals to take. either said it today take... or he said it yesterday's podcast, but he did say it. No, he didn't. Even if I'll put, he said I'll put a six it, pack it doesn't on. make I'll put sense. a six-pack on it right now. Go right said... ahead, dude, because you're dead wrong. I just okay. listened to his podcast. He flat out said it makes no sense. It doesn't matter for what the Cardinals in to, the draft to not take Kyler Murray. If that's who you believe in, if especially if you brought in the coach to implement the system that works with Murray 
it makes absolutely no sense not to take that quarterback and allow the coach to try and implement his system with the quarterback that he wants. So not to mention, I have news for you, man. You can give any of the 32 teams the first overall pick. They're taking Kyler Murray at this point. The hype is real. No, right. Oh, my God. Not 32 teams. The Patriots are not taking him. The Eagles aren't taking yes, him. Yes, they, they are. Would. The, Patri- the New England Patriots would love to have Kyler Murray. Are you kidding me? No team in the league skips taking the best player available with the number one overall pick. And the consensus You're both in this draft and it's okay. is that Kyler Murray is the best player available. Okay. Even though I don't believe it, I would rather have Nick Bosa or Josh Allen or Ed Oliver or Jonah Williams or Montez Sweat or Byron Murphy or Brian Burns or pretty much any other defensive player that's going to go in the first round ahead of Kyler Murray because I don't believe that he's going to be a star quarterback. But people around the league and in the league and in scouting departments in front offices believe that Kyler Murray is going to be a star. And once you get that persona and you do, he has, look at his college numbers, man. His college numbers are stupid at Oklahoma. Stupid. 4,300 yards, 42 touchdowns, seven picks, 199 rating. The guy's a video game player. All right. So unless, unless something had happened to make people believe that he was not going to be successful, which I still don't believe that he is going to be a star quarterback. That doesn't mean he won't be a good starter. That doesn't mean he can't be Jeff Garcia. I just don't see him being freaking Michael Vick without the injuries and the dogfighting incident. Let me ask like, you a question, Matt, real quick, actually. Because I've been thinking about this for a couple of days now. You work at a bar. So yes. You're a bar manager, right? Mm-hmm. So say one of your previous jobs – You've talked to somebody being like, you know, if, if we had the opportunity again, I would, I would definitely hire you. You go to this, you're the bar manager, your current job, you bring yeah. that person on. This mm-hmm. person says the same thing about somebody else. Do you bring that person on? I'm a little bit confused. I'm lost. So you're saying somebody who worked for me previously or right. some way? In the sense of GM, Steve Klein. Time, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Hiring Kingsbury. Yeah. Kingsbury, we all know. Huge mistake, by the way. Kingsbury's not going to be a good coach. I know. You said that before, too. I but keep saying I, I think that people are, you know, the media, I think, jumping on this. Well, Kingsbury's going there. He has number one overall pick, and he obviously is going to pick his, his dude. I don't think that that's necessarily how it goes. Because it's not, it's not your – because, again, I don't believe that Steve, Steve, the GM for the Arizona Cardinals, hired Kingsbury to then bring Murray in. Then why do you hire the head because coach? Because you can hire any head coach and still bring Murray in. If Murray is a transcendent talent and a great college player, any coach should be able to coach but him. That's not, but that's not the point. The point that's is – That's my point. Is that he should he can be coached but, by any coach? Okay, then why didn't then why didn't they take another coach then? I have no idea. I mean, he could, he, there's a different, a whole bunch of different reasons. They could have worked well. I mean, again, I can I know I can go you know work in you know my we all know my my experience is retail, customer service, and everything. If I go to get hired at a store and I'm like, hey man, if I get hired here, I would I would bring you on too. 
but that doesn't necessarily work if I'm not the one doing the hiring. If I'm not the big boss and I look at my boss and I'm like, hey, you got to hire this bro because but, I'm telling you, he's really good and he, we need him over here. If he looks at me and goes, no, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I don't agree actually because I already have someone who's just as good who I actually, I just hired him. But that's so, not what happened though. Kingsbury made those comments about Murray prior to Arizona even sniffing the opportunity to bring him on. I understand that. But if Kingsbury hadn't made those comments, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But if Arizona, still be, if Arizona we'd still be having the conversation. If, if Arizona didn't have the number one pick, Kyler Murray would not be going number one over one. Yes, he would. Yes, no, he, he would. would. Not. You tell me what of the bottom ten teams wouldn't take him number one overall. Even the 49ers would have to consider taking him because of Jimmy G's injury history. Exactly. Injury history. He's been on the team for one year. He's, he's got an injury history, Richard. He got injured in New England. He got injured immediately in San Francisco. He so, should, so, okay, so should the Eagles be looking to pick him up too if they can trade up? Hell yeah. Yes. Because Carson Wentz is at the injury? Yeah. Yes. You are all definitely high. Look, if you believe – and it seems that everyone in the NFL does, that Kyler Murray has a chance to be a transcendent talent. It does not matter who you have, you take him. That's it. I think, I think you're confusing everyone in the NFL to everyone in the sports media. No. Because I'm not hearing, I'm not seeing, and I'm not then reading. Who are you reading? Every, every GM and every scout and every coach because every single analyst that i've read and i've listened to have all said every general manager that they've spoken to have all said that kyler murray is the consensus number one pick so who are you reading that's telling you something other than that i'm not i'm not reading the same people obviously well right so two things i can't give you names i don't i don't i don't study people that i read i just look at articles and i read them (laughs) That's... Hold on. <laughs> two two things. One, I have been searching under all of the rocks to try and find somebody besides me who believes that Kyler Murray is not worth the number one overall pick in this draft. All right? And so far, I've not found anyone. Two, you know how short-lived NFL head coaching careers are? So there's this really cool article on the site called the cauldron where they did this study of NFL coaches between 2005 and 2015 in a 10 year stretch, there were 75 coaches hired in the NFL 49 of them by the end of the 10 years, 65% had already been fired. I believe it. Okay. The majority of the coaches hired 49 that were fired lasted fewer than three years on average. And 30 of them never even made the playoffs before being fired. So, yeah, if, if you're Kingsbury, a guy who couldn't even get a college head coaching job, somehow got a professional head coaching job, is not under any circumstances qualified to do the job, and now all of a sudden somehow you found yourself gifted with one of the 32 most prestigious jobs in the entire industry, and you have the first overall pick, you take the guy that you believe is the transcendent talent because your job literally depends on it. So then, so do you think Kyler Murray is going to go down as like an all-time Pro Bowl, all that stuff? I do. Because you, you just knocked his head coach, so I'm a little confused. It's a head coach that has a position that shouldn't have a position is going to take the number one transcendent you, quarterback. I'm being I'm, confused right now. No, be, no, I'm saying that King Because I think you guys are all confused with me. I think Kyler Murray will be a great NFL quarterback. I, I don't, don't think that he's going to be a great NFL quarterback 
playing for the Arizona Cardinals. But that's that's not the I only difference. But, but, yeah, if but he that's not what you've by been... the Cardinals and he's that good. Look at Baker, man. Baker was that good even with a terrible coach, with the worst coach in the NFL, maybe in NFL history. Okay, it doesn't matter. If he's that good, he's going to be that good no matter who the coach is. My point is that if you are Kingsbury, Josh Rosen is not your guy. You didn't draft him. You didn't pick him. Your career depends on the success or failure of your quarterback. So if you have the opportunity to take a guy that you believe can be as successful as is possible in this league, then you take him. Period. Kingsbury's never getting another shot to be an NFL head coach, man. Never. This is his one shot, and he needs to roll the dice, and he's going to roll the dice with Kyler Murray because he's he believes, and the people in that front office believe, that Murray has a chance to be a transcendent quarterback. We will see. I think I think you're giving Kingsbury way too much credit. Way too much credit in the selection you, process. But he, what are you talking about? We, what do you mean too much credit? Because you're saying that this pick essentially will define his head coaching career. It will. It will. How would it not? I don't think it's. I don't really think it's a hundred percent up to him. Let me ask you a question. Okay. If the Philadelphia Eagles had the season that they had with Carson Wentz, right? Yep, first time. Yep, when he, when he got hurt that year and then Nick Foles ended up winning the Super Bowl MVP. If they'd never have that season, if Carson Wentz is hot garbage, or let's say he gets hurt early and Nick Foles has to come in in week four and they don't even make the playoffs. And then they come back the next season and they have the same start to the year that they have and then they barely scrape into the playoffs again. Do you think Doug Peterson's still the head coach of that team? No. No. But I don't think that by replacing Doug Peterson, you then replace your quarterback also. Josh Rosen has proven nothing to make it worth not replacing him. Josh Rosen had the, most, lose... the most pressure out of any quarterback in the league. Bullshit. Okay, but if Kyler Murray is a transcendent How... talent, Josh Rosen is clearly not a transcendent talent. He might be a good quarterback. But he's not transcendent. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not freaking Michael Vick. Okay, he may be a good quarterback. How does Josh Rosen not a great have the most pressure on him out of any quarterback? Or how, like, like, like actual QB pressure you're talking about? Yeah, I read it somewhere. Oh, QB pressure. I thought you were talking about like pressure pressure. I'm like, that, well, yeah, no, that team not is like a dumpster pre- no, fire. No, not, not like pressure, like life pressure. I think I – think, uh, Baker had the most pressure, if anything, because he had to go in and actually just win at least one to two games. Yeah, because LeBron's going. That's why he's got the pressure. <laughs> All right. So we obviously we covered how many QBs in the first round. We obviously disagree what the Cardinals are going to do. I st- I believe still that they're going to take Murray and trade Rosen. I don't think that's even a question. Um, we'll be happy to take him in New York. What are the Giants going to do? I, I really think the Giants are going to take Haskins. I think the Giants are just going to light themselves on fire and do everyone a favor because they're a dumpster fire. Is there really that much of a difference between Haskins and then Drew Locke and um, – I'm sorry, what's the other guy's name? I keep forgetting. Which one? Will Greer? Daniel something, no. Daniel Jones? 
Yes, Daniel Jones. Like, what's the, what's the real distance between those guys? Well, I mean, like if you listen to if you listen to Lewis Riddick, Riddick has been raving about Dwayne Haskins since, or really as soon as as soon as the the college football season was over, he was talking about how Dwayne Haskins is head and shoulders above anybody else. Hmm. In this class, Lewis Riddick has a tendency to really love tall black quarterbacks. He does, but he also loves um, th- that man uh, who just got killed in the Super Bowl too, though. So I mean, he he does like mm. white quarterbacks as well. He also hasn't been wrong though. I mean, he was on the Pat Mahomes bandwagon. He was on. He was also on the Carson Wentz bandwagon. I mean, he's been on quite a few bandwagons that have actually panned out pretty well. With that being said, though, he's also said that there's no quarterback. None of the quarterbacks in this draft class would have been taken over any of the quarterbacks in last year's draft class, and that includes Josh Allen. I think he's wrong there. I don't, because I still think Josh Allen is good. I'm not buying it. That's okay. I think Josh Josh Allen is tall Blake Bortles. Oh, here we go. Anyway. He, he is. Tell me I'm wrong. They have such a similar style of game. Except for the fact that Allen has a much better arm than Blake Bortles has. You're right. Allen's got a cannon. It's um, funny Allen's... because if Allen went to Denver, you'd be saying a different thing. No, if Allen went to Denver, the exact same thing that happened to Paxton Lynch and the other tall guy before him. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Uh, you know, he didn't trade up to get him. Uh, I. Me too. Me too. No, nah, he's gonna ruin some other kid this uh, this coming up draft. I mean, I watched Haskins, um, and to be completely honest with you, I wasn't that impressed. I mean, his numbers were spectacular, but when I watched Ohio State play this year, he didn't exactly, like, jump off the screen. So, you know, like that, you know, everyone says, you know, you see that quarterback and it's just like, you know, eye-popping. I didn't get that from him. I got that from Kyler Murray. I got that from Baker Mayfield the year before. I, I even got that from Sam Darnold when I watched Sam Darnold play in college. Like, but I didn't get that from Haskins. So to answer your question, me personally, I don't find that much separation between Haskins and the other quarterbacks. But I think he had such a great pro day that a lot of a lot of teams have really jumped on that bandwagon. Yeah, he definitely jumped up quite a few pegs after his uh, after his pro day for sure. I um, you guys remember Troy Smith? Yes. Do you no. remember any other Ohio State quarterback since Troy Smith? Uh, JT Barrett. Anybody else? Uh, there's another one, but I can't think of his name. All right. Ohio State does not make NFL quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins is not going to be an NFL quarterback. I don't know why he's ranked as high as he is on the board. I'd rather have Drew Locke. I'd rather have Daniel Jones. And if the Giants take fucking Haskins at six, then my whole the Giants have a plan theory is going to be down the toilet out the fucking chute into the ocean. They have to take Jonah Williams at six. Look, they probably if, won't take Haskins. I'm just I'm just holding on to it because I've said that from the get-go that I think they're going to take Haskins. Or I think if they're not, if, if none If none of Bosa, Allen, and Oliver are available at six, they have to take Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams is the best offensive tackle in the draft. They need to take that guy. 
at six. They can take a flyer on a quarterback at 17. There's no reason why they need, or honestly, they don't even need to take a quarterback in the first round. Because frankly, no quarterback in this draft is going to be markedly better than Eli Manning, except maybe Kyler Murray, if he's everything that everybody makes him out to be. And they're not getting Kyler Murray. So just offensive line and then get yourself either a decent coverage linebacker or an edge rusher later in the first round and move on with your life. Or trade 17 for freaking Josh Rosen. Yeah, I think Rosen's going actually going to Los Angeles. Me personally, I think he's going to get traded to the Chargers. Really? Yeah, I do. I think I think Allen will end up in in Los Angeles. Rosen, you mean? Rosen, Rosen, Rosen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I don't believe that for a second. Wrong, Josh. I I, I think uh, I think Denver is going to be in the running. I think Cincinnati. I could see Cincinnati. Um, I think that if it does play off like you guys think it will play off that I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Rosen heads down to Miami. Because if Haskins goes early, if Haskins goes to Tampa at five or Oakland at four or God forbid the Giants at six, then that leaves Denver and Cincinnati fighting over Drew Locke. (laughs) One of those two teams is not going to get their quarterback. Well, and the Redskins. I mean, the Redskins could also be looking to to jump jump into this as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause wait, no, don't they have? Uh, they have Case Keenum. What's his name now? They have Case Keenum. They're not drafting a quarterback. They're not that smart. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> it's the Redskins, man. This is what they do. Richard, do you have a take on the Giants? Um, no, I literally. Uh, so with your notes under where you've had giants, I just wrote there a dumpster fire. So oh, you're so sweet. You're welcome. That was fun. Are the Pat? Are the Pats finally going to draft a quarterback? To yes, I think the Pats think so are too. taking Daniel Jones. And I agree with that. Okay, but I was convinced that they were taking Lamar Jackson last year. Like well, I was absolutely I think, convinced. And I think that that's also so. I feel like what that means is that obviously we're getting closer and closer to the Pats selecting a first round quarterback. They need to, at some point they need to select a top tier quarterback and, you know, get ready for the um, post Brady era. You know what I mean? Like, so, and I don't know if you can, if you can emulate that same formula that they did when they acquired Brady, what was that? The sixth round? No, but you can't emulate that. It's literally never happened before and will never happen again. And so that I think that's the reason why like they need to get a top, you know, a first round quarterback. I think that this draft class is the one to do it. Um and uh you know, it's funny with people talking about the quarterback draft class and how it's it's not a quarterback heavy draft class but i mean really what what quarterback we've had like you know i guess when they say like you know a favorable quarterback draft class or what have whatever they say it as um like it's not a good draft class you know for quarterbacks but there's a lot of quarterbacks that can go in the first round like really there are and i, I honestly <laughs> think looking at the statistics on these guys i wouldn't be surprised if this would be the most successful quarterback draft class what what would, be, what would be what would be what would be more? Give me give me one that's more successful. 
I think because of the importance of quarterback in the league and how many teams have really shitty quarterbacks, that's that's why we end up with so give many you, that we talk about. You said give you a draft class that's been more successful? Well, I mean, because, yeah, because I feel like each draft class, I mean, there's really only like three. Just this think, past one was will will end up being more successful than this one. Well, I mean, so that on, was what, four? on average, somewhere between four and six quarterbacks go in the first round, and quarterbacks have about a fifty percent bust rate. So, so, so it's a total crapshoot. So between so, yeah, three makes sense. Rosen, Barkley. I'm sorry, Barkley. Yeah, Barkley's <laughs> the best. Uh, Rosen, Allen, Jackson, and uh, Mayfield. Mayfield. All four of them are going to be just great quarterbacks? That's not what I said. All I said was that the draft class is better. All, all that I'm, needs to happen. So I think I, I'm, you're misunderstanding then. Because I'm talking about, say, in, the end, in, the, in 10 years from now. Yeah. When you look back at the draft class, which quarterback draft class is going to be more accomplished? And like I said, all I, oh, what I was trying to say is all I need is two of those. All I need is Darnold and, May- and Mayfield. I forgot about Darnold. So there's five, yeah. To be fantastic. And I already think that they're going to supplant every single one of these guys aside from Kyler Murray. So right there alone. Well, you're saying – so if Darnold and Mayfield are the most accomplished, right? Uh-huh. You think that they would be more accomplished than – Say Murray, Haskins, and Lock. Lock. Yes. Yes, I do. That's all I need. Yeah, because I only Haskins need... is an Ohio State quarterback. Man, those guys cannot play in the NFL. <laughs> and I and I don't buy into the Will Will Greer hype at all. No. No, I watched. No, you know, sorry, but Lock Lock's just not accurate enough, man. He makes poor decisions. He's another big armed, tall guy. He's going to be perfect on the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Which means he'll play for two years and then be out of the league. Um, I've totally given up, by the way. Totally given up. The and the honestly, the and the only diamond in the rough, I think, is is if the Patriots take Daniel Jones, then he right. has an opportunity to to be a successful quarterback because of the system right. that he'll be put into. And even that's something that's going to be interesting to see in the next couple of years because you know you and I, I believe, have had uh, at least one or two discussions about this where. You know, there was trade talks about Rosen possibly going to uh, the Patriots. I would love for and, Josh Rosen to go to New England. And I said I would love that if Bill Belichick was his coach for the next seven to ten years because I don't trust uh, McDaniels. And I don't like the idea of McDaniels coaching Josh Rosen. Yeah, but Belichick's not going anywhere for a while. Well, again, a while is – I mean, Brady's going to be in the league for three years. I don't know. A year ago, Richard told us that Belichick was leaving. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he said he was going to Cleveland. Yes, he did. He did. He he went there in spirit. He put <laughs> he put his spirit in Baker Mayfield, and look what you got, Swag City. You're welcome. Look, here's the thing. If you're a team that could take a flyer on Haskins this year or could take a flyer on Locke this year, why not just get a tackle – or a corner or trade back or trade back and get picks next year load up on assets. Because if you get the number one pick next year, you're getting to it. If he stays healthy, but I mean, is can't Trevor Lawrence come out next year? Uh, he'll be a sophomore next Sorry, year. Sorry, 2021. But I mean, play the long game, dude. Like, 
Trevor Lawrence might be the best quarterback we've seen in college since Andrew Luck. He is the best quarterback we've seen since Andrew Luck. Already. It's, like, that, that dude's dude unreal. Is, yeah. He is sunshine from freaking Remember the Titans. Like, yep. Never saw it. In real. What? Tell I, me your. Tell me you've your never right seen now. Remember the Titans. I didn't grow up with a father. And tell no, I was in I sheltered that's Christian life. Tell me, and um, listen, they show no. that show we at had the a shelters too. Small two bedroom apartment, and it was very sad. Tell me that you are making this up right now to try and get me to lose my <laughs> effing mind on this podcast. I, I've I, never seen. I remember the fucking Titans. I swear to God, I've never seen it. I think there's. Is there? Is that? Is that the movie with the scene where the dude is like? He has like somebody on his back and he's blindfolded and he has to crawl to the one end zone to the other end zone. This would Denzel Washington, bro. All right, we're done. We're moving on to questions. I can't do this anymore. So I was wrong then, huh? I hate you so much. I just if, wanted it, to be right just one time. I just wanted to make you proud. Was, I'm so sorry. If this was a, if this was a, what's that show with Tony Reality? Around the horn. Around the horn. If You'd this was around the horn, you would be muted forever. <laughs> I would then just be naked. So Negative on you. 500 points. Can't no, you black out the screen. And I can tell you haven't seen that show either. You get frozen. Well, I'll tell you what. Me frozen is worse than me talking. Richard so hates that, that show because he doesn't like Tony Reale. I do like Mia Kimes, though. She so that just speaks sucks. even more to my uh, level of credibility. So you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Somebody, somebody fire a question. I have to start questions? Yes. I think you do. I have to start questions. Are you wanting questions? Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's it. Richard, you're fired. <laughs> no longer a part of the sideline network. Ah, my evil plan worked. Have Goodbye. fun with Landon. Goodbye. <sighs> Will Nick Bosa be better than his brother in the NFL? Sure, why not? Nick, Nick Bosa, the most highly touted edge rusher in this draft. The, Probably I mean, the, should go one overall to the Cardinals. The only concern is is obviously injury. Um, Same concern with his brother, right? But you know, it's it's kind of a flip. I, I honestly think it's a coin flip, uh, but I'll say yes. Well, are now they're the same position, correct? Yeah, they're both edge rushers. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I I, I think he is. I think he will be. I think he'll be more um, impactful to the team, if that makes any more sense. Yeah, I mean, he's going to go to a shit team. Yeah, like the Giants. No, like San Francisco. Yeah. (laughs) San Francisco. That's where he's going. Okay. Yeah. There's no way he falls beyond. He's giggling about it. Who's San Francisco taking to overall? Um... I don't know, actually. I don't have that in my notes. Oh, okay. Well, then why are you giggling? Because I feel like that's more of a, a wish for you. Why would you have, like, five teams that you like? He's the number one. He, I can't I can't do this anymore. Well, I mean, they might pick up you know, <sighs> Dwayne Haskins since uh, Garoppolo's injury prone, so. I actually am looking at some mock drafts right now, and quite a few of them have Quentin Williams, the interior defensive lineman, going at two to San Francisco, but I think that's idiocy. I do, too. I think Bosa is clear, in a way, the number two overall pick. Before the rise of Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa was the clear number one overall pick in this draft for more than a year. Right. That's crazy. It is crazy. It just shows you. Like, some guys, sometimes you just peak too early in the whole scouting thing. Like, he is that good. 
or like now all of a sudden everybody's falling in love with that Oliver and I love that mm-hmm. Oliver and I've always loved that Oliver. I watched I, you know, I never watched college football and for some inexplicable reason, I saw him play this year at some point yeah. like mid season, the one game you watched and you were like, I yeah. love him. And I was like, who is this guy? He looks like Usher. He's a freak athletic athletically. It's unreal. All right. Somebody else fire a question. Uh, I, just, you I, need, go? I need, I need to get over. I need to get this over with. I can't even talk to Richard anymore. Now that I know he hasn't seen. <laughs> Remember the Titans. All right. Uh, let's see. Who's the MVP of the NBA playoffs thus far? Ooh, a good one. Dame. Damian Lillard. No close second. If there was a playoffs MVP, he'd be in the lead for it right now. I would agree. He's he's single-handedly taking this Portland team on his back, both with his play, his ability to score, his swagger. The fact that Westbrook has got like three inches and 20 pounds on him and can't even post him up because Dame just won't give him any ground in the paint. Like, that's real right there. When you just decide, like, I'm not going to be bullied by a bigger dude. Changes the whole game. Rich, you're not talking. Well, no, because I'm, I'm. I was trying to look up something actually. Not, not with this. It was something with my question. But um, <clears throat> with uh, oh, so our questions don't matter, right? No, pretty um, much. Okay. So I'm confused on how uh, you know, playoff MVP is. I guess uh. Uh, I don't know, figured out. It's not because a real thing. I'm just, it's not a real thing. I was just there asking is, in general, like, who would you, if, if there was such should thing be as playoff the, MVP, who would, who would be the front runner at this point in time? So, so I, so again, my question is how come it wouldn't be like Giannis or KD or, you know, it, it, you could argue for anybody you want to argue. I'm not going to say no to you. Oh, you're allowed to have you're allowed to have your opinion. Well, I'm surprised that you both agree on the same person. I think more than anything, I I, I think this is the the first time we've actually done a podcast where you guys didn't fight about something. So, oh, we're not done yet. That's true. Um, oh, okay, so that, that that means there's a question in the wind here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I again from what I've been seeing and watching, I I would say KD just because he looks like he's on a completely different level right now. It's just it's actually in. So, like, watching a lot of uh, Golden State games last year, I really didn't care um, about KD. And no one should. This year, he's just – I mean, to me, it's a completely different person. And that's what's more impressive to me. And just seeing his uh, – It's a completely uh, different person than the guy who absolutely smoked LeBron James last year. No, I I get what you're I get what he's saying though. Pat, you know what it is, Richard. I think it's Patrick, du- like I'm looking like dur- the durability of him, and just, like he, he looks like fierce yeah. this year. Fe- I feel like fierce is right. It's his attitude. Patrick Beverly has absolutely brought out the best in Kevin Durant because here comes here comes this little six one guard, hundred and seventy five pounds against seven foot KD, and he's d'ing him up and he's d'ing him up hard and he's a smart defender. He's swiping at the ball, and he's making it difficult for him to shoot, and he's playing him in his shorts. He's talking shit to him for 38 minutes a game. And it's made KD have to go, fuck you, man. Right. 
I'm the man. I'm the best. I'm going to drill this shot right here in your face. And, yeah, Pat Bev played, has played him really well. He's defended him really well, as well as anybody has, maybe. As well as maybe anybody could, aside from Giannis. The, the great shame is that KD and Giannis are not in the same conference because <clears throat> it would be way more fun to watch Giannis play against him in the playoffs than freaking Pat Beverly. But I think that that has brought out this killer instinct in Durant that we just haven't really seen before. Like, yeah, he torched LeBron. I get it. But he didn't have – it's not like LeBron was his primary defender – a ton, and even when he was, he was being lazy about it. It's not like he was in his shorts like Pat Bev has been throughout this playoffs, and we just haven't seen Kevin Durant have to do that. Have to be like, nah, man, fuck you, I'm the best. And it, and it definitely has been a more appealing version of Kevin Durant, the basketball player. But he's not the MVP of the playoffs. Dan Willard is. Okay. Only because the Portland Trailblazers would be swept by the Oklahoma City Thunder if Damian Lillard wasn't doing what he was doing. If Kevin Durant broke his leg and missed the entire series, Steph and Clay would still get the win. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for Your clarifying. Turn. <laughs> um, how do you guys feel about Bryce Harper uh, in Philly? I think I hate him more now in Philly than I did in, in Washington. Really? Yeah. The Valley? I'm I'm not the biggest Bryce Harper fan to begin with, so I, I to be honest with you, I could care less. So mm-hmm. as a a newfound uh, Philadelphia Phillies fan, hey um, Dan Wagon, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love I love his attitude and everything. I think it's great. I think it's great baseball more than anything. Did you love it when he was in Washington? Um, no, because then I you don't get to love it now. Why? Because. It's the, the exact real question thing. is, what do you think about his hair? And do we have recommendations for a barber in Philadelphia for that scruffy ragamuffin motherfucker? You should give him your uh, your guy's card. My guy would probably beat him up because of his badass attitude. <laughs> he he'd end up getting jumped by a biker gang real fast. So why? I th- I, why is because his... I'm going back to you because I think. I think his attitude resonates better with the city of Philadelphia than with the city of DC. Yeah, but you're saying that you had, you didn't like it when he was in Washington. So why didn't no, you? No, I like thought that I didn't like it. I just didn't pay attention to it. That's fair. Okay. I I just can't. He's one of those dudes that has one of those. It takes him ten seconds to set up to be ready to take a swing at a pitch. And I want to, and I want to beat him in the face with the bat the entire time I watch him. <laughs> like, just step into the box and fucking look at the pitcher, man. Well, he has just, to, he has to speed it up now, or else he'll get ejected again for not getting good. the box fast enough. So he should, he should get ejected every night. <laughs> that makes sense. Forty thousand people are coming to the stadium to uh, watch him get ejected. Man, there's like five better players on that team than Bryce Harper. <laughs> You're back up, Matt. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. Here it comes. Who will win the fucking AL East now that the Yankees have had the most injury-riddled start to the season I've ever witnessed in my entire life, and the Red Sox are a pitcherless dumpster fire? There he goes. Here's his other Boston team, ladies and gentlemen. 
Hey, remember that uh, remember that baseball podcast we did about a month ago and I was getting shit for picking Tampa Bay to make the playoffs? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I do I remember that time. You're looking real crazy now, huh? I know. I know. Um, I still think Boston's Stupid Austin space. <laughs> what? <laughs> you keep shitting on Austin, man. Austin, it's so weird. He hated your Tampa pick, didn't he? He did. He shelled He me. shit, he shit yeah. on it harder than I did. Um, I still think Boston. And he knows gonna... what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's down, he's down in Tampa. He wa- he, he's been to the games where they've only had 20 people in the stadium. I still think Boston's going to uh, figure it out. I think so, too. I think they're going to right the ship. And I, and I also think that Tampa's a little bit fraudulent. It's too early. Like, it's way too early. New York is, like I said, their pitching staff sucks. And well, New York is scary because they literally just have, are, are missing everyone. And they're still competing. So, And they just had – and Judge just got injured, didn't he? Unfortunately. Yeah. My, right. My, uh, so, I mean, how'd you like that one, Matt? You didn't think I paid attention to baseball, but in your face. Oh, I'm so proud of you for paying attention to one of the things that we talked about on this podcast. <laughs> he probably heard me bitching about my fantasy team. That's why. He probably did. <laughs> also proud of you for taking my advice and picking up a player. Now, if you just had more than four pitchers on your team, well, you might have a ha- shot. What happened was I picked up that player, and then I tried to pick up four other pitchers, and it said the app said I could not, so I gave up auto set for the rest of the season. So I'm all set. I'll give you my 20 bucks next year. How about that? I'm going to have to take over your team. <laughs> I have don't, to give it. don't you do that anyway in the league? I would have to give it. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, I would have flag. to give it to somebody else. That honestly wasn't even my real question. Oh, right. oh so question? Matt gets two questions because he's the host. So that's yeah, well, works, I'm taking so. your questions away, Richard. That's go ahead, double dip. Oh, that's okay. right. That makes sense. That's right. What was a greater feat? Landing man on the moon. Or Tiger Woods winning the Masters? Oh, my gosh. You're ridiculous. Well, <laughs> I, I can answer this one. Um, since we did not actually land on the moon um, and Tiger did win the Masters, it oh, was he won? Uh, obviously Tiger. Wait, yeah. Tiger won the Masters? Yeah. Dude, no way. If only someone had predicted that that was going to happen. If only someone was so humble about it as you have been throughout this entire process. I really have been quite humble about it. Yeah, you have. Sure. Look, I waited an hour into this podcast to bring it up. Tiger Woods won the fucking Masters, and I called it. And I appreciated Chris's podcast this week where he talked about how he was wrong. And it was really exciting for me as a golf fan. The, the little kid golfer in me was very excited to watch Tiger on Sunday, bring it home. It was not in dominant fashion like we've seen in the past. But it was steady, and it was precise and it was fantastic and i loved it and i can't wait to see the next one it so, plays uh not this weekend next weekend so chris right? do you still believe that tiger's not going to catch jack oh yeah i said that on my podcast no he's not gonna you, catch but jack. like you're you're being serious or you're, or you're just talking shit to piss me off no, i'm not talking shit to piss you <laughs> off at all he didn't do I, any... I, all right look look if we're, if we're gonna do this let's hold do this. on i, I got time up before you go you're gonna go on like a 10 minute rant i just want to stick this in there real quick i gotta sit up we there. just <laughs> had a discussion about you being humble about a process and then you now made a pompous statement that lavalley only speaks to you throughout his podcast he does <laughs> <laughs> every time he says certain people he's talking about me <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I mean, the Valley kill him. All right. Look, 
he didn't win the Masters. The other guys choked. So do I think that he has the ability to actually go out and win on Sunday? No, I don't. I think the competition is too heavy. He's not going to win another. He's not going to win another major. This was it. This was his, the bookend of his career was the Masters, and that. And I'm not even being mean about it. It's just I, I don't. You give me. You give me an explanation as to what you saw on Sunday. That Tiger Woods is back. To say Tiger Woods is back is to imply that he is the dominant tiger that we used to know and love. And I don't think that that is something that we saw on on Sunday at all. Um, We saw some shots that showed you that. I think that his power has come back. I think that his, but his willingness to take chances has changed. Um, He's not trying to push the ball beyond, uh, beyond the hazard or, do something crazy. He's playing within himself because he knows if he gets within about 180 yards of the green, he's probably going to put the ball within about 10 feet of the pin, and he's got a good chance to make the putt. Tiger Woods has figured out he has evolved in a way that we expect really good basketball players to do late in their careers, right? Right. Like, you look at at a guy like Dwayne Wade, for example, who spent the first six years in the league just hitting the floor night after night after night after night on his way to the rim. And now in his 15th season or whatever ridiculous number it is, the guy has become one of the best finesse players, back to the basket, turnaround jumper, you know, cutting off screens, limiting the contact, making smart plays, and using his substantial skill to beat guys, but but coupling it with, the knowledge of his own game and and what he can and cannot do and should and should not do. And I think that Tiger is at the peak of that part of his career. And I believe that that is worth at least two more majors after this. I I think, um, I think actually you said it perfectly with the sense of he, he he's evolved because I don't think that he is or ever will be that same Tiger that he was. It, it's almost like, um, what Tiger did in the Masters was, you know, like you like you said, Chris. Everyone messed up. You know, the the leader, the the top guys, um, they fell off, and Tiger. But Tiger, you can't really, you know, knock the guy for staying consistent. I'm not going to fall off too. I didn't. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you're not. I didn't say you did. Um, but I think what Tiger did is what people expected LeBron to do in the late in L.A. As far as evolving as a as a player. I think that's fair. But Tiger did it better. I, I can see Tiger. I think he can still win another major this year. Um, I don't know Jack's whatever you're talking about with Jack. I don't even know who Jack is. So. Nicholas. Oh, okay. Um, well, well, we have he, a lot to teach you about golf. What's he, what's, he, uh, what's he chasing with him? Like, what's the, what's the, the contest? Most majors? Most majors. Correct. Okay, I'm being serious. I'm asking. <laughs> I don't mean to insult you guys. I'm just asking. I'll just do my own research. Never mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's, chasing, he's chasing majors. Okay, okay. 
Um, I don't. Again, I don't even know how far off he is from it. So too far. He has eight. He has eighteen. He has eighteen. Jack has eighteen major championships. And Tiger Wood has. That was sixteen. Fifteen. Tiger Woods won his fifteenth. Sorry, fifteen. Which is why Tiger Woods will not catch Jack Nicholas. I don't think that's right, man. You're too tough, though. You're too much of a fan. And and I got I I don't. I'll tell you, I'm right in the middle on this one because it's almost like I want to believe that he can do it. But I mean, there are there are a lot of good golfers out there right now. I mean, Ricky Fowler did really well on that last day on Sunday until he fell apart like he usually does. But I mean, he he did was looking real well. And who was uh, who's your boy? Um, Kepka Lavalley. Yeah, Kepka. I thought he was going to win the thing. I thought for sure he was running away with this all day till he put it in the water. Yeah, really. I mean, it's just. Uh, but these guys are just going to get better, you know. They're obviously younger. Um, it, it's going to be tough for him to to get it, you know. It's it's again, if he's going to do it, he can't be the same Tiger that he has been. He like you said, Matt. He has to evolve and continue to evolve. If he does that, I think he's going to shock the world. If he can do that and really master, you know, himself, um, everyone better watch out. And look, Chris, what you said to me about what did you see on Sunday that made you believe that he's going to be able to go out and win more. So, A, he's 43 years old. He just won 15. If he gets one more for each of the next three seasons on tour until he's 46, that wouldn't be unreasonable. That's how old Jack was when he won his last major. Then they would be tied. I don't think that's out of the question, one major a year for the next three years. I think there's a chance that he wins the Open this year. I think he really wants to win the Open this year. I think it's a tournament that, as far as his injuries, have really hampered him over the last decade. And that is a tournament that, back in his heyday, Tiger dominated. It's an important – it's maybe – it's probably the second most important (laughs) I think that what I saw from him on Sunday as an objective observer, as much as I can be, because you're right, I am a fan, but I want to know what I'm looking at too. I don't just want to be a fanboy about it. Yeah. When it happens, when he won, did I celebrate like a total jackass? Of course I did. <laughs> of course I did. Am I going to, am I going to make too big of a deal out of it? Of course I am. I love Tiger Woods. I've been watching him golf since I was five years old. Tiger was something that I have not seen him be at any point since his fall. He was ice cold, blood in his veins, unflappable on Sunday at the Masters. Tiger's always been a guy who's going to put a ball in the woods once in a while. The difference is when he would do it over the last 15 years or the last 10 years or however long it's been that he's been an absolute disaster – you could see it shook him. You could see it in his face. It changed everything that happened afterwards because he was frustrated because he didn't have control. But now he's got control of his swing again. He's got his body back. And as a result, the thing that you have knocked him for the hardest, his mental fortitude, that's back too. 
Now, he might not be able to go out there and win by 15 strokes anymore, but he's definitely capable of going out there and winning because he's still the greatest golfer on the tour. And I'm telling you, he's going to catch Jack. Okay. My turn? Sure. Go ahead. Sure. Sorry. Am I allowed to have a question, sir? Technically, it's Chris's turn. but No, okay. but go ahead. <clears throat> so, it's not really so much of a question, though. Uh, I mean, I'll ask the question, even though I already know the answer. I like comments. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a discussion, I guess. But do you ever actually ask questions, or do you just you just make statements? I mean, I ask questions. I asked questions earlier, and I got knocked on for you know not knowing the right answers, apparently, um, or okay. not we watching a movie. You. All right, thank ask you. The question. No, don't even bring up the fact that you haven't seen *Remember the Titans*. <laughs> uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. You guys been paying attention at all? Zero percent. Perfect. Um. So, I mean, I guess my question was, you know, how much trouble are the Capitals and the Golden uh, Golden Knights are in? Um, you know, obviously, it, these two are the two teams that were in the Stanley Cup. We're in the first round still trying to get out of it. The, the Capitals are always in trouble in the first round. It's the story of is that the sport that's like – is that the sport that's like um, shuffleboard on ice? Yeah, where all the players look like you, you know, yeah. no, no teeth, very ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it, for me, it, it's a lot of these games. I mean, you know, the Capitals are going into their seventh game, um, I think tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Knights play tonight. You know, the, the Bruins, Maple Leafs, they have a, they have a game seven. I mean, there's a lot of game seven. The only game Bruins I, are going to win. They're up four to one with two minutes left. The, the Islanders swept the Penguins. So that's interesting. I think the kid out of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, think... I did watch the entire Capitals series while I was in Max Ed, by the way. Did you really? Yeah, I really did. Because the people we go down there with are huge, huge Caps fans. And uh, I have to say, so the a lot of people, a lot of people had them. A lot of people had them. I'll agree with that. A lot of people had the Capitals uh, repeating. And it's, uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be tough. Nobody repeats in hockey. Aside from last year, well, that, the Capitals that makes have even always lost in the first round. They always struggle in the first round. Look, last year was their Dallas Mavericks Dirk year, man. Ovechkin <laughs> finally got his ring, just like Dirk finally got his ring. They're not right. going to win again. Now, I'd put my money on Boston coming out of the East. You think, you think it'll go all the way, you said? Boston? I think Boston will make it to the fi- uh, Stanley Cup Finals. It depends on who they play. All right, Chris. One final question. You have you have one final question from me, or you want no me no? To ask I want you to ask question. the final question of the podcast. I asked like uh, seven questions to get to my Tiger Woods point, which well, we talked okay. about because for twelve, I was minutes. gonna <laughs> I was gonna ask if, if there's if there's a war, uh, more egregious error than Richard never seeing remember the Titans, but I have another <laughs> question. No, well, I'll answer that one fast. The answer is no, and our friendship may hinge upon whether or not he watches that movie within the next forty eight hours. All right, so all I have to do is not watch that movie, and you won't talk to me anymore. Perfect. <laughs> Challenge accepted. All right, so, which high-ranking draft pick that isn't a quarterback, so someone projected to go in the top 10, do you think will be a complete bust? Ooh. Hmm. That's interesting. I... Montez Sweat. He's, Senior. A top, 
senior defensive end projected in the top 10 out of Mississippi State. He's 6'6", 260. He's already 22 years old. He's big. He's built like Julius Peppers. But in the league today, with the way that speed and and leverage and and being low to the ground matter so much, it's really hard to be an effective pass rusher when you're that big. There's just too much of you for an offensive lineman to get underneath. And guys that rely on straight ahead, like bull rush moves to get to the quarterback, typically don't find success at this level. I think he's got the, the greatest opportunity to be a bust. Rich, who you have? Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about Josh Allen being a top top guy. I mean, it could be him. Again, he's a pass rusher. So, um, out of uh, Kentucky, uh, I I couldn't even tell you. I've been paying. So I've only been paying attention to quarterbacks. Mm. Uh, DJ Metcalf, which I definitely don't think he's going to be a bust, and uh, Josh Jacobs, who I really hope Alabama running back. The Eagles are smart and and are able to pick him up. Well, I think you might be right about the Josh Allen thing. He's got similar concerns as Montez Sweat, big, tall. Uh, right, played played with two hands in the dirt a lot in college. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the in the NFL, he's going to be asked to be a stand up edge rusher probably a little more, and his speed will be more valuable than his which size, I, and his size could hinder him. But I also feel like that depends on which uh, conference he goes to. Also, if he goes to a team that plays three four, I actually think he could be better off. Right. If he went, if he went to someone like the Eagles or something like that, that might not be a bad move. No. But if he goes to a team that plays a four three scheme, I think that he's going to have a really hard time. Like, think about the edge rushers that are really successful in 4-3 schemes in the league now. Like, guys like Clay Matthews who come off the edge. And, um, obviously, what the hell is his name? Why can't I think of his name? He got traded to the Bears. Oh, uh, Mac. Khalil Mack. Like, oh. those those dudes are like 6-3, 6-4, 2-40 with blazing speed. And the right. ability to rip through and spin around and do all that stuff. Like, yeah, they're like me. Like, Julius Peppers is kind of the last of his kind. Right. What do you think, Laval? You got one? I had Allen as well, actually. Yeah. That was my pick. Yeah. yeah. It kind of, now it makes me want to rethink my pick, but I had Allen <laughs> written down. Anytime you agree with Richard, you have to consider where you went wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I ask a quick question? <laughs> a really yeah, quick no, one. Go ahead. Super quick. It, it's to Matt. You're still there? I'm still here. Okay. I thought I lost you for a second. Um, how upset are you going to be? When the okay. Giants draft Kyler Murray and then trade him to the Buccaneers for Jameis Winston. <laughs> uh, I'll stop following football if that happens. <laughs> if that exact scenario happens, I'll never watch another football game ever again. Jay Boot oh. and why? So, so real quick, because Rich and I have been talking about this, and I've decided that I think this, would be, this, this is going to be fun. So I have a new adopted team. Oh, you adopted a team? Do you? I have adopted a team. Is it like a foster team, or are you? It is a foster. You have like team? five adopt. You have the you have the Packers. You nope, have the Colts. I'm the Niners. Nope, Colts Niners. are not my adopted team. Colts are my team. Oh, but I'm adopted a team. I've adopted a team in the NFC East because I oh, think it yeah. would only be fun. That's, that is true. You're now a Giants fan. Yep. Richards an Eagles fan, and Dan's Die a hard. Cowboy fan. That I'm going to adopt the Redskins. 
Oh man, you really like the fucked up kids, huh? I do. That that's I like do. the kid that you bring in to foster that like you wake up and they're just like stabbing you with paper clips. <laughs> yeah. What is happening in your you're, house? You're fostering the kid with behavioral issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. look at what my wife does for a living. So, yeah, yeah it makes go. perfect sense. <laughs> Good luck with that. Let me know how they play. How, let me know how they play with your Colts, with your other Colts child, with your actual child. No, like, well, even better. Uh, let's see how long he stays on the boat. Oh man, I give it under week four two. weeks. Yeah, under week four. two, you're out. Oh, maybe no, three. I, I'm loyal. I'm loyal. And you do love you some Case Keenum. I hate Case Keenum. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is. Uh, that is. I think you should just stick with the Cowboys, Chris. It's fine. You already. I'm not. You a already fan. adopted them last year. It's okay. I adopted Dak Prescott. Mm, yeah, you, you adopt stick, the Cowboys. You stick with the Cowboys. Someday we'll find ourselves a real Redskins fan, and it'll make it all complete. There's no need. I'm to, not. There's no need to force it. I'm not a Cowboys fan. You guys are playing here. Just because I I I made good points about Dak Prescott does not make me a Cowboys fan. Chris, I yeah. wrote I rode harder for the Colts last year than you did, and you rode harder for the Cowboys than anybody. I did not. You did not write harder for the Colts. I just didn't want to jinx myself. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there's no bigger Andrew Luck fan in the world than than me. Now the cap- that's Captain Andrew Luck to you. Yeah, that is Captain Andrew Luck. Uh, I believe it's President Andrew Luck. <laughs> Best Twitter <laughs> handle ever. Uh, all right. Well, so we're an hour and a half into our first huddle in a month. Uh, we have all learned that Richard has never seen Remember the Titans. Yes, How I'm do ignorant. you live with yourself? Please. Well, I, I like the love the, of God. I like people. to stay as ignorant as possible. So that's really where I come out. I'm just like Richard I, lives I legitimately at. feel bad for you. <laughs> Let me give you his address real fast, so you can all go and throw throw rocks at him because he hasn't seen Remember the Titans. Exactly. That's gonna wrap us this week, gentlemen. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I'm sorry I couldn't be there in person, but I don't want to get you all sick. We um, don't like looking at you anyway. You know what, Richard. You know what? Oh, hey, real quick, while was... you're on, before before you completely close this down, would you go skydiving? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Would real quick, would Chris ever go skydiving? No. That's what I thought. <laughs> you guys are stupid. I, of course, I would go skydiving. You would jump out of a plane. Yes. Wait, I don't understand. Wait. Why is this so difficult for people? Have you not, to did understand? you not listen to our late our latest episode of the Ritual Lala? I did not. There's well, 20 minutes just, about skydiving. Just, just we'll, so we'll end it. We'll end it here. Go listen to it. By the way, thanks for letting us plug the show, Richo and Lala. You oh yeah, listen to Richo and Lala. <laughs> Here's the thing: Richo's rants, Lavalley Sports Talk. Check out the sideline Facebook page. Find us on Twitter. All of that. Austin Space. I hope you're listening to Lavalley's little dig at you about the Tampa Bay Rays. Huddles out. 